Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Gordo, we're going to talk to Chris Mannix coming up here momentarily, our friend from Sports Illustrated. We'll get his thoughts on uh, on what possibly the NBA could or could not do, maybe to, to get things back moving in the right direction. Of course, I'm sure his ultimate answer will be like ours and that we just don't know. Yeah, we don't know, but every time we've talked with Chris about this stuff, it, it, what you said earlier always implies, and that's safety first. I mean, yeah, everybody uh, might enjoy some some basketball, but only under conditions that uh, are provided in a way that people can rest at ease that everything's all right. Right. All right. Uh, let's get to it. It's time for your daily assist. Uh, Adrian, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com, or give them a call, 801-747-LEES. Out of the Sprint special guest line we go. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you from Sports Illustrated. He's our good friend, Chris Mannix. Hey, Chris, how are you? What's going on, guys? Oh, we're just trying to, you know, navigate through this thing like uh, like the rest of the world and apparently like the NBA where they're at least kind of thinking outside the box, Chris, about maybe doing some things like a, like a playoff in Vegas or something along those lines. What do you think about these ideas that are popping up? Well, I think they're good ones. Um, look, as long as it's safe, I think the NBA should explore every possibility in playing games. Now, I understand it will look odd to see uh, games being played on practice floors or, in the case of Vegas, in empty arenas, but uh, there's a lot of revenue that can, be, um, that can be made up by playing games in empty arenas, and uh, NBA owners want that revenue. And, you know, just as important, and probably much more important, actually, you know, a lot of people you know, rely on the NBA for money. I mean, we've seen in the last couple of weeks uh, teams float the idea in the case of the 76ers of uh, having cutbacks on employee salary. I have no doubt, unfortunately, that this thing drags on. We will see uh, layoffs, furloughs, things like that. Bringing the game back, you know, employs people. It's as simple as that. And I, I, that's obviously a good thing for, for everyone involved. So, look, I think safety comes first, and right now we're nowhere near the point of being able to consider uh, playing sports of any kind, including NBA basketball. But over the next couple of months, if we you know, kind of peak, as we've heard on TV, with this virus and it starts to descend and it's safe to do some things and mass testing ultimately exists, uh, I think it's a great idea for the NBA and for other sports to – to pursue ways of playing games, even if those games don't involve fans. 
Chris, uh, one of the options that Jake was talking about is uh, this Vegas idea of having a, maybe an arena in a, in a casino, a resort, and uh, having players stay there so that it's almost like a, uh, you know, all contained in one place. Do you think the players' union would be open to those kinds of suggestions? Oh, I think they'd be open to it because the alternative is that their players don't get paid. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I mean, I don't know when the NBA is going to implement this force majeure clause, but as I've been writing for the last couple of weeks, it really is inevitable. Um, owners have a lot of money, you know, going out, and at present, no money coming in. And look, I, I don't feel sympathy for billionaire owners and and their financial losses necessarily, but I do understand that you're not going to meet a payroll of a hundred plus million dollars with no revenue coming in. Just it's just bad business. So um, whatever safe alternative the NBA comes up with, I, I think players will be open to. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting reading what I read about the Premier League and, and, and what they're you know flo- uh, possibly trying to do with their season. Uh, Vegas makes a lot of sense for the NBA. They've got a long-time relationship with the city. Uh, Summer League has been a rousing success by any metric. If there's a way to do it, Vegas has multiple venues that you could – you could put games on safely, uh, certainly a warm climate, which at least from what we know sort of about the virus, you know, hot weather tends to be a good thing in terms of not transmitting and, and passing along this disease. Uh, not to play armchair doctor there, but that's at least what I'm reading. So I think that, that the union and everybody involved would be for it uh, if it's safe to do. Chris, will you talk a little bit about that clause in the CBA that the NBA will have to negotiate, as, as you say, and figure out you know, whether to pay players during this? I, I tried to do a little research on it last week, and I didn't find a ton of good info. What do you know about it, and, and how would that work? Well, they really don't have to negotiate anything. It's in the collective bargaining agreement that NBA owners, through a clause called the force majeure clause, can exercise this clause during a epidemic or a pandemic, as this is, uh, that would allow them to, and I'm not specifically sure how much they would stop paying, but not pay a percentage of the players' salaries. And players are aware of this. I mean, they, uh, they know this is coming. Uh, many of them know this is coming. And look, one thing Adam Silver has done and will continue to do, I'm sure, is maintain uh, a healthy dialogue with Michelle Roberts and the Players Union. So it really boils down to that. During a situation like this, NBA owners can trigger a clause that allows them effectively not to pay players. I mean, it's a little more nuanced than that, but th- those are kind of the broad strokes. Chris, how has the fight game uh, reacted to this whole thing? Are there any sports that are being played anywhere in the world? No. In fact, I was talking to somebody that just told me that like the World Chess Championship was just shut down. Like that's wow. you know we're, we're reached the point where chess is you know I was going to say being taken off the board, but that would be a terrible joke at this point. <laughs> um, the look, the, the boxing is interesting because uh, before other sports come back. I think boxing will have the opportunity to come back because theoretically you could pull off uh, a major fight with only like 30 people in the building. Like that's, you know, when you exclude people that would be in the truck outside broadcasting, you only really need between 20 and 30 people in the building when it comes to fighters, their corners, referees, broadcasters, judges, the people involved. You could probably get to about 30 at a bare bones number. And Look, at some point, you've know, you got to believe that if we continue to operate in this country in the way most of us are operating, and I say most of us, 
because I still see some lunatics out there like going to church on Sundays and and gathering at universities, which I don't really understand. But if we continue to operate in the way we should operate, we will start to slow this thing down. And if the CDC comes out with recommendations that say, all right, you can have 100 people or less in a venue to pull off an event, boxing is going to be the one of the first sports to come back. And look, I think it, it, there's a lot of people in boxing that are uh, planning for this. I know I work for DAZN, and they're planning for this to bring fights back maybe as early as, as June. Um, so I, will, I think combat sports in general uh, will probably be the first things to come back, provided uh, this goes in a positive direction the next couple of months. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, how complicated is this going to be for, say, a college player, uh, you know, a freshman or a sophomore who may be considering coming into the NBA as, you know, I know the, the draft is still up in the air and all that, but you've got to make that decision at, at some point, right? Is this going to complicate that process? Yeah, I think it really does because, look, the NCAA has done some things in the last couple of days uh, to make things a little bit easier for athletes because the NBA, look, they're, they're not going to have the draft combine in May. They're probably not going to have the draft in June. Like, there's a lot of things that are going to get pushed back in the coming months, and you got to give these college kids more time to make enormous decisions. But if you're a college player, you'll, and if you're on the fence, and you have to also consider that, you know, this virus could come back in the fall. And if it comes back in the fall – one of the first things that gets shut down most likely are going to be college campuses because of the possibility of transmission and spread and things like that. And, you know, you don't want to risk losing another season. That's not meant to encourage guys on the fringes to come out. I mean, look, if you're on the fringes anyway, I think staying in school probably makes the most sense because if nothing else, you're going to get a, a quality education if you want it. Uh, but, you know, it does make things incredibly difficult for these guys to decide when you don't know what the future of college sports is going to be. I mean, I'm already reading, you know, hypotheticals about the college football season and the NFL season and them being, you know, on the ropes. And it's not even April at this point when we're making those types of predictions. So it makes it difficult for these college players. They're going to have to, to really dig in and, and do their proverbial homework to, to find out exactly what the right call is. Chris, have you been in touch with any players or coaches? How are they spending their time based on what's uh, coming your way? No, they're uh, many of them, and they're just like you and me. Like they're doing nothing. They're YouTubing home workouts and cooking and spending time with their families and and just going stir crazy. I mean, there's there's certainly the hope amongst and look, NBA coaches can't do this necessarily, but there's the hope amongst some players that I talk to that eventually gyms will be opened up, not necessarily team facilities. But gyms will be opened up, and they can start doing work with their individual coaches. There are a lot of great you know, individual coaches out there. Rob McClanahan is someone a lot of people know. I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there that, that are, are ready, willing, and able to travel to places to work players out. But there are a lot of players that are just chopping at the bit uh, for gyms to eventually open up so they can get back in there and start getting back into shape. Because, look, I think we talked about this last week. I mean, there's... What if the game comes back, there are going to be some woefully out-of-shape players. And, and that's not to criticize them for what they're doing. It's just that there's no way they can stay in elite NBA shape, you know, being locked in their house for two months. So there, there's certainly the hope that, that gyms will open up and they'll be able to uh, practice with their individual trainers in the coming weeks and months. 
Chris Mannix with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And Chris, Gordon and I have, have talked quite a bit about this today when uh, looking at some scenarios, the Vegas thing and, and that sort of thing of possibly getting sports back going again. And Gordon brought up a, an interesting point. If we could find a safe way to, to get sports going again, do you think that the, the public would, would be into that or would it, would it seem almost flippant, you know, like it doesn't matter? No, I, I think the public would be into it. Look, I, I think people are, are dying for, and I'm not saying that like sports is the end-all, be-all, but they're dying for something to watch. And, you know, live sports, I think, would be a welcome addition to the landscape uh, once again. Now, I don't think people want to see the NBA come back when doctors and scientists are saying don't do it. But if you, know, you see a Dr. Anthony Fauci on a day of saying it's okay for – uh, you know, the NBA or boxing or some other type of sport to come back safely without fans in the stands, I think people would embrace it. Look, we know television networks would embrace it because they, you know, would certainly want the content and viewership numbers would likely be through the roof no matter what time the NBA comes back uh, of the year. I mean, sports radio, writers, I mean, look, the, the reality is, I mean, sports media is going to take a pretty devastating hit as a result of this. I mean, I work in the print industry. I know that there are going to be cuts in this industry. And so, look, I think people would, would welcome uh, sports to come back, and, and certainly people that are, are relying on it for income would, would certainly want it back. I'll tell you one thing. That Dr. Fauci, he's the one guy that I really believe. I don't know. It just seems like when he talks, it's, it, it carries credibility, and he can't say well, that's, that. You're, you're right. I mean, you're right. Like, and Look, I'm not uh, – as a sports person, I don't get political, but I hope we all remember what's going on here. You know, when it comes to when it comes time to vote at the end of the day. I mean, this is some of the stuff is just goofy that I'm watching on TV. Like, come back at Easter, and then the doctors get up there and say that's ridiculous. I mean, I like I'm with you guys. I believe the experts, and I don't want to listen to people that have a vested interest in people being out there working with the economy going again. I want to come back when it's safe because every time I see somebody on TV like that lieutenant governor in Texas who said that, you know, your grandparents want a functioning economy. They're willing to sacrifice their lives for it. I just want to throw my TV through the window. I mean, my parents live in Florida. They're in their 70s. Um, they're not expendable. And I, I, will, I will not visit them until I have the all clear that, you know, that somebody my age, it's okay to be around people that are in their 70s. We've just, we've all got to kind of do our part here and, and get through this and, and suffer through what we're suffering through to make sure that eventually we do come back that we don't come back too early and this doesn't happen again. Chris, you've said a lot of profound things on this show through the years, and that's about as profound as I've ever heard. Your parents I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, no, no, your parents not, aren't I mean, look, No, no, they're, they're not. And it just drives me crazy that, like, the idea that, that we should be considering just going back to, to getting back to work and, and risking the lives of of, of parents. I mean, look, I'm uh, at my age, I, I've, you know, even if I had coronavirus, there's a pretty good chance the symptoms would be mild. But if I was around some of my parents' age and, and I, I passed it on to them, I would be devastated. I, forget my parents, but I passed it on to anybody. That's what, you know, look, it just, and I don't, I tweet a little bit about this when it happened, but it drove me crazy watching, you know, that, that church service in Florida with the pastor that says he has machines that, that wipe out the virus. I mean, what kind of stupid do you have to be to do something like that? And that's in Florida. And, you know, that's where my parents are living right now. And stuff like that, you know, I, I, look, I, I, you gotta, I feel for the people that are just devastated economically, but it's nothing compared to what, what it could be if we don't do this the right way. 
Well, Chris, we certainly appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts on a variety of different topics today. We always appreciate it, and thank you, uh, as always. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Chris. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated uh, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. He joins us each and every Monday as the Daily Assist continues on. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, uh, Jake, this is true for you. It's true for Chris. It's true for me. Uh, more true for, for Chris and you because uh, you're a little younger than I am. But, man, I'll tell you, 40, 50 years from now, you're going to look back at, at all your days and this may be the um, the strangest, craziest period of time that you've ever experienced. I know it has been for me, but uh, I don't know what is in the future. <laughs> I don't know what what's out there, what's uh, around the, the corner. But this is about as odd a situation as, as I've ever been a part of, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a new one, I think, for all of us, right, who uh, weren't alive during the Spanish flu back in the day. Gordon, I don't want to speak for you, but I think it's probably a, a new one for all of us. And That was just before my time. Just uh, barely. Uh, yeah. Just barely. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, and, and we're all trying our best to, to get through it the best way we can. And, and, you know, lives are quite literally on the line. So what is uh, let, let me ask, uh, Adrian, are you uh, within earshot? Kind of. Adrian is is uh, getting Tim on the on the line for us. Oh, is he? Okay. I just wondered what somebody his age, what his attitude is about all this. You know? Uh, he's got the headphones on now. Adrian, you want to answer that? What was that question? Sorry. Adrian, what, what, what is your, someone your age, what is your attitude about what you're experiencing now, what you see in the world, and you see the response? I honestly never thought I'd see this something like this in my life. You know, you think about people... You know, World War II, you guys were talking about earlier, I, could, I can't even imagine like a, an entire world going through something like that. And this is, I don't know, a pandemic is completely wild to me. I the, fact that you're, the fact that you're younger, does that embolden you at all? Or do you, are you as concerned as you would be if you were 85? Well, I, I'm like Chris. I won't even go visit my parents at their house because I'm just, I'm just yeah. staying away. I just, I told my dad I'd see him in... You know, eight weeks, eight months, whatever it really was. Right. I talked to them on the phone, but I'm not. Because like he said, it's they're not expendable. No one is. So, And just no. to say, oh, they'll save us is ridiculous. I'm with you. All right. Uh, let's get out uh, to the zone phone. Joining us now is our good friend Tim from RGS Exteriors. And Tim, you guys are, are have been deemed essential and you're still out there helping people. Yeah, we're keep plugging away and doing what we can. Uh, let's talk about uh, what's going on. I mean, you guys are the best in the biz with the, the James Hardy. You've got the brick, the stone, the stucco, and now you're you're uh, doing it at incredible prices. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, you know, with everything, especially I think gutters right now is probably the thing we have the biggest discount on. Um, we mentioned in the last segment that, uh, you know, we've got our standard 15% off, but on all gutter jobs, um, we're doing an additional 10% off of everything. Gutters, gutter covers the heat cable. So anything to do with on the rain gutter side of our business, um, we're, we're basically at 25% off right now, which um, <laughs> since I've been uh, an owner with my dad here in this business in the last 25 years, we've never done anything like this this low before. So unbelievable discounts on our gutters. And then same thing on our siding, uh, on the James Hardy siding, like you mentioned, um, you know, in the in shows in the past, we've talked about how we're the only elite preferred contractor in Utah. So 
We have the discounts on our James Hardy siding. Um, we also have the discounts on our stucco, um, stone, brick, um, as well as softened fascias. So really, anything on the outside, we're here to take care of you. All right, that uh, website is rgsutahsiding.com, or here's the number to call and tell them you heard it on The Zone, 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110, and Tim and his crew will get you guys taken care of, 801-280-3110. Tim, thank you very much, and we'll catch up with you a little later on in the show. Well, I always appreciate you guys, as always. Thanks, Tim. All right, call them, 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. We'll have more of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joe Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Thanks to the great Chris Mannix for jumping on with us and uh, giving us a little wisdom as well. Jake with you at our Vivint Smart Home Arena studios. Gordon Monson, safely social distancing at home. Uh, what uh, are, are you mixing up the rooms, Gordon, or have you been pretty consistent in the broadcast location? Uh, I've been broadcasting some from the same place. However, I do move around the place, the house, a little bit here and there. Uh, got a treadmill downstairs and got a workout uh, room in a different room. And so I move from place to place. Okay, good. Well, but uh, your broadcast location has, has remained consistent. It has remained consistent because I keep the gear in one place and no reason to be dragging that around the house. Well, 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 good. I'm glad you're not doing the show from the shower or something like that. That's, <laughs> Can you do that? No, that, that probably wouldn't. At least not with the shower on. That would not be good. <laughs> Should I try that? No, because I think that might be a little echoey. How about like uh, like from the bathtub? <laughs> no. Or from the jacuzzi. Would that be all right? Uh, we we tried that on Valentine's Day once years ago. Remember that? The, the bubbling tub of love? <laughs> Where London Hans did a did a show from a hot tub and uh, and Hans uh, decided that he was going to get a spray tan before doing this whole thing and when he stood up out of the hot tub he was like orange from the nipples up and white from the nipples down and the bubbles were all orange. Do you remember that? Did you really have to say nipples? How about just like from the chest down? You know, well, you know I, what he I, meant right away. I wanted to be accurate. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And didn't it all it bubbled up all through the water in yeah. the hot tub yeah, and like it's all orange. And everybody was like bailing out trying to get away from it. It was so gross. <laughs> the bubbling tub of love? That was one of our finer ideas for a promotion. So yeah, no, Gordon, you shouldn't do that. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, we All wouldn't right. want to ruin the uh, ruin the equipment. Hey, uh, some Pac-12 news, Gordon, and I want to get your thoughts on uh, what's going on. They they announced they've extended the suspension of athletic related activities through May 31st, which should not come as a surprise to anybody, and is uh, is the right thing to do, obviously, and they'll continue to examine it as things uh, go forward. But do you want to you want to uh, go through some of the things they can and can't do? Because some of these stand out as not making a whole lot of sense to me. 
Sure. All right. Uh, no organized in-person team activities of any type. Okay. No, no in-person voluntary workouts, film study sessions, meetings, technique drills, or practices of any type. That one makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want, I mean, we're all staying away from each other. You don't need a, a one-on-one session with a strength coach. All right. Um, this one, what do you think about this one? Virtual or online supervised voluntary workouts and skill instruction are not permitted regardless of location. Why is that? I don't know. It, it, it has to do with something with allotted practice time, right? They don't want the, the coaches, you know, practicing these guys at home, or I, I guess. But why would they care? That's why that one kind of stood out to me. Especially since there's been so much lost time. Right. You know, I... It seems like these are extraordinary times, and in uh, times like this, it might be okay to give uh, some, especially since some of these guys are going stir crazy. And I get it. If you're going to get a bunch of people together, that wouldn't be healthy. But if if it was a if it was some sort of video conferencing, and some each of them had had their own equipment that they could work with, uh, what's the harm there? I, I couldn't agree more. Plus, you, you know, I guess they want to protect student-athletes' time, and I get that, and and I certainly understand. But but we've all got nothing but time on our hands. And Except let, for a lot let of coaches students, coach. A lot of students are taking their classes via Zoom or whatever right. else. And so they are maybe as busy as they ever were, just not having to be in a physical classroom. So maybe that's part of it. All right, here's some of the others, Gordon. Uh, Virtual group activities, including including film study, are uh, permitted two hours per week for football and four hours per week for all other sports. Uh, The uh, Pac-12 is appealing to the NCAA to increase the two-hour football limit in the near future. Why is football limited uh, to half as much time? I have no clue. I'd have to look into that. But obviously, based on that statement, it's an NCAA thing and not yeah. a not a Pac-12 thing. But and and by the way, Gordon, how do you police any of this? You know what I mean? How 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 can you stop somebody from watching film at home if you, they want you're, to? You're not suggesting, are you, that uh, anybody would try to cheat? Never. Uh, isn't it up to if if players want to study film on their own? Are they they they're allowed to do that? Aren't they? Barely only two hours a week. Oh well, yeah, but what if it's up to them? What if they want to do it? What if they're they're going in for extra uh, or they're at least have access to extra work that now, they want to study? This who, is virtual. Tell them they can't. This is virtual group activities. So okay. so maybe it's not the the individual. Uh, here's another. Uh, coaches can recommend written self directed workout plans and tape demonstration videos on workout plans are allowed in order to demonstrate proper form and technique they, they just can't be live gordon can't be live <laughs> you can't you can't zoom them or whatever but you can record a video and send it to them because that doesn't sound ridiculous at all um Maybe it's because there's a two-way kind of uh, you can relate to this if if someone is on uh on camera then a coach can monitor what they're doing as opposed to uh, just having them check it out on their own. Right. And they can do whatever they want. Hmm. 
Uh, Gordon, in-person on-campus nutrition may be provided in circumstances where student-athletes are unable to leave campus and off-campus nutrition is limited to distribution of products normally available on campus. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is fully permissible to provide non-athletically related support to student-athletes, including sports medicine treatments, physical therapy, and rehabilitation, academic support, and mental health and wellness support. That's really good. Yes, it is. Uh, it is permissible for institutions to provide off-campus student-athletes with apparel and personal equipment that is regularly available to student-athletes when they are on campus for conditioning workouts. It is not permissible to rent, purchase, or arrange for conditioning or strength training equipment or machines. Hmm. Okay. So you can't uh, you can't get uh, your your running back a solo flex, Gordon. <laughs> I had a solo flex back in the day. That does not surprise me. Do, do, are they still around? I doubt it. I don't. Well, I don't even know what that is. Really? Well, well, it was like this. It was a very lightweight kind of workout machine that had these like rubber band resistance things and you could do bench press and curls and you know various uh, uh various exercises on it and i thought it was a good idea i liked mine did you i never yeah. i never had the pleasure of using Came a out solo 1978 plex. wow is it that old yeah i just remember the old commercials the originals had these like <laughs> these rubber band things uh, but then they got a little more sophisticated, and they had uh, like almost plate-like rubber things that you could slide onto each side to balance the weight that you were pushing. I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. What, what's uh, for Adrian's perspective? What's what's an example of what the Soloplex would be today? The Peloton bike, maybe, like kind of a, uh, the hip workout equipment you see on TV all the time. Well, I don't know because the Soloflex was different because it didn't have it didn't have weights. It didn't have uh, you didn't have to haul around all these heavy plates and whatnot. Uh, it was just these resistance bands that uh, you could hook on and then do the regular exercises that you would do otherwise if you were in a in a gym. Uh, I I don't know what they have. What are those things with the that had like the the flex uh, things? What was that called? Bowflex. Bowflex. Yeah. <laughs> Is that around still? I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. There, Gordon. I more meant with the Peloton thing, like the the hip in home exercise equipment. You know that your neighbor gets, and then you have to get it. Well, well, that I, would I be in Gordon's neighborhood, yes. The well, rest yeah, of right. us couldn't get it. I don't, exactly. Solo, yeah. I don't know if Soloflex was hip, but I just thought it was a handy a handy home device that you didn't have to that didn't weigh a ton. You could you could disassemble it, well at least partially, and uh put it in your garage or put it you know, wherever you wanted to. Uh I I, I thought it was a terrific idea. I don't I don't know why it wouldn't be going still. Well, you know, Gordon. Uh, hey, you don't get a physique like mine by doing nothing, you know? No, you, you get it by – never mind. <laughs> I won't complete that. No, we, we don't need any of that. What were you going to say, Jake? No, by, then, eat, you know, by eating a lot of extra thick crust pizza? No, I was going to say 12-ounce curls, but you're not really a beer drinker, so it wouldn't really be appropriate. <laughs> Whatever. These you days you've got to get creative. Yeah, right. 
Well, I, I was listening to Austin and Tony the other day, and apparently Tony Parks does the 40-ounce curls. Right, he, yeah. he, he likes his beer out of a 40, which makes so much sense for Tony. You know, it reminds me, a friend of mine, back when the fitness craze first started, uh, back before people were buying the hand weights and stuff, you, you would see people that would be out running, for instance, and they, you know, the the cool folks had the the uh, the little weights that you could carry in your hands. While you go, I had this friend that would. <laughs> this is already would, made up. Yeah, no, no, he would jog, really... he would jog with cans <laughs> from his kitchen, like a can of beans <laughs> or a can of you know like pork and beans or something. I'm like. <laughs> I was like, Bill, you look like you just robbed a freaking grocery store. <laughs> Fascinating story, Gordon. Uh, well, you know, back back then, that was back before everybody was up to speed. Okay. All right, coming up next, we've got the Not Sports Report. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE, and uh, correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50, and you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Again, that number, 855-340-ZONE. It is time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHM usedcars.com. Gordo, where are we headed today? We're going to Washington, Washington State. But before we go there, uh, did you see the story about the rabbi over in Israel who is predicting a a monkey plague in Thailand? No, I did did not see that. It does sound like a bad joke, Adrian. I agree. No, I did (laughs) not. It's not. It's not. He's saying that apparently... Uh, he's reading some scripture in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, and it, it predicts that there will that 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 f- folks will be hurt by monkeys or beasts uh, it, it, who are not who are not living the way they should. And in Thailand, apparently, uh, a lot of people would vacation there. And he said a lot of not modest things were going on in Thailand. But now, with the coronavirus thing going on, that tourists are not there. And the monkeys who roam the streets down there are used to being fed by tourists. And the tourists aren't there to to feed them. And so they're, like, rampaging through the streets. Great. You know, now like, we have a monkey uprising. Terrific. <laughs> Just what this world needs. Attacking. Attacking people. And it's apparently it's all prophesied in in Deuteronomy. Is it now? A monkey plague? Does it say monkeys? Does it tell us what type of monkey? I don't know. I'd have to look up the scriptures, like the good book says. <laughs> well, uh, I'll give you chapter and verse if you'd like it. No, no, that's okay. not necessary. I believe you. 
All right, here here is my main story, and I it involves an animal as well, but I, I'm not quite sure what to make of this. But a man was arrested Sunday following a high-speed chase on Interstate 5 in Washington in which the suspect's pit bull was driving the vehicle. The dog? The dog was driving the vehicle. And when, well, the, the man, his, his owner, the pet owner, was apparently steering, helping the dog steer. But when they pulled him over, uh, the dog was in the driver's seat. And the man said that he was teaching his pit bull how to drive a car. Hmm. That, what, does he want a dog chauffeur? I don't think that's going to go over well with the DMV, no? I mean, who thinks of this stuff? What an amazing uh, song. <laughs> Remember when you could enjoy that song? <laughs> Back in the day. When you could get a good uh, smile and a laugh out of the Baja Men. Right, yep. Was that the name of that group, Baja Men? Is yes. Uh-huh. I always thought that we should change our national anthem to that song. What were, <laughs> what were they singing about, really? Dogs? <laughs> What is any one hit wonder singing about? What are they singing about, really? Who let the dog? What do you think they're singing about? Were they singing they're, about they're somebody sing- actually letting the dogs out? I think so. Well, this man was letting the dog drive the car. And, you know, I know some dogs are more intelligent than others. And some dogs are really loyal. Some dogs are great to have around. But. Is there any scientific proof that a dog would be capable of making proper judgments driving a car? No. No. <laughs> I feel really comfortable with that no. No. This story this story gave me pause. Ah, Gordon, stop it. A pandemic does not give I you have seen that an coming. excuse to give us all this buildup for a terrible pun. That happened last week, too. I, I just, you know, you read some of these stories about what people try to do, and you just wonder, like, what were you thinking? And not only was he dog, it was the dog driving, but he was driving rapidly. <laughs> I, I just now were his feet on the pedals? Yeah, was he pushing the pedals? I I don't know how the story didn't uh, didn't give didn't all the get details. into that, huh? Because that wouldn't be his fault if they were driving too fast. <laughs> I know. It's just, I don't know. People need to think a little harder, I think, before they do stuff. I agree. Can you imagine that, though? I mean, the police officers pull a guy over and his dog's behind the wheel? That would be be alarming, don't you think? I mean, isn't that a car commercial? It could be a car commercial. No, isn't there one with dogs driving the car? I don't know, Gordon. I'm not sure. Hey, did I tell you that I saw my house in California in a car commercial? You have told me that before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard no that. No other mentioned that. No, you, you have mentioned that. Speaking of houses and looking good, Gordon, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining Parking us now, stall lines are merely suggestions. Our good friend Tim from RGS Exteriors. And uh, get that curb appeal back looking good, Tim. And now is a great time to do it, actually. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's make our home look good and forget about all the stuff that's stressing us out and make your home pretty. 
And uh, when I talk about you guys being in uh, the best in the biz, I, I mean, I truly mean it. But go through your relationship with James Hardy and, and what you can do for our listeners with them. Yeah, yeah, a couple of things. Um, well, James Hardy basically goes through a pretty stringent process to determine um, you know, who they considered a preferred contractor, and then the next level would be an elite preferred contractor. Um, we're actually the only company in Utah that are either one. Um, we're, we're, we've been the only preferred and now the only elite preferred in Utah. Um, and so it's something that we you know, pride ourselves on, that we've done a good job and work hard and take care of our customers. And a lot of that also has to do with customer satisfaction surveys that are sent out by an independent company. And so we're very blessed and honored to be um, the elite preferred contractor. So bottom line, <laughs> James Hardy feels like we're the only contractor in Utah that uh, they're backing and, and are that elite contractor. So happy about that. And going through all of this, you want to keep things going and keep your employees working and, and keep the wheels moving a little bit and can do so safely, right? And absolutely. Look, we got to be sensitive. This is a new world we're living in. we got to make sure that we're not um, being... Uh, we got to be smart about it. We, we don't want to be um, spreading the virus or anything like that. And so our employees are doing their part, you know, wiping down, sanitizing daily, um, constantly throughout the day. Um, and, and typically our crews are two-man crews. And so, you know, they're, they're trying to social distance them as much as possible um, and, and being safe. Um, even our estimators and our sales guys, when they come out to the home, um, they're making sure they keep distance from customers, always being that six foot away and walking the home. And we're doing something we've never done before. You know, in, in the past, we've always wanted to sit down at the homeowner's kitchen table and gone through and, and just give them pros and cons and, and give them the ideas. Well, now we're doing it, um, you know, online. We're doing it from FaceTime through different programs so that that way the customers can still get the information they need and, and feel safe and feel like they're getting a good quality estimate. And, and, you know, it's a new world we live in. It's different. It's something that we're all learning and experimenting with, but we're doing our part so that we can keep our employees going and, and keep Utah's homes beautiful. All right. If you've been thinking about it, do it now. Check uh, check out Tim and the crew at rgsutahsighting.com. That's rgsutahsighting.com. Or the number, give them a call directly. Tell them you heard about it on The Zone, 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110, RGS Exteriors. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk in a little bit. Sounds good, buddy. All right, that's Tim from RGS Exteriors. Again, that number, 801-280-3110. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Jay, Jay Drew of the Deseret News. And actually, there's some breaking NCAA news. We'll uh, get the latest from Jay. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.